And we're back, she says, like this is a late night talk show. Uh, But it's not. This is how we start our morning here together. We're just going to keep it really real. Um, Where have I been the last two weeks? I didn't really know where to go with this while I was still alone. Wanted to bring on a special guest. And then I got laid off. So life got a little weird and interesting, but I'm doing okay. And the time has finally arrived. We have our first guest here on Rise and Come Alive, Maddie Pydell. I'm so excited for you to meet her in just a minute. We actually connected through the wonderful world of LinkedIn. And very quickly, Maddie and I found ourselves talking about something called the zone of genius. So often for myself or other women I work with, I experience this feeling of needing to be good at everything. I think you're really going to like the idea of the zone of genius because it gives us permission to really lean into our God-given talents. So I'm so excited to share with you this idea because I think there is just so much freedom to be found in giving ourselves permission to be who we truly are. And you're going to want to stay around for the end of this one because Maddie and I have something very special to share with you. Welcome to Rise and Come Alive, a community for Christian businesswomen. This is our place to connect. Together, we'll explore stories of incredible individuality, authentic femininity, and bold revival. I'm Lauren Sawyer, and as my mom would say, I'm your hostess with the mostess. Here's your invitation to open your mind and heart to new words or ideas. Join me on this journey where we'll learn and support each other. It's time to celebrate living vibrant lives of faith. Today we have Maddie Pidel. She is a entrepreneur and financial advisor, and I'm very excited that she's about to be my financial advisor. Um, Maddie, it has been an utter pleasure getting to know you these past few weeks and your many, many, many talents and ability to help business owners. And today I'm excited to help people with uh, learning about the zone of genius. But first, I have a couple quick questions for you. First, what is a simple pleasure bringing you joy right now? So I definitely have to say gardening. My my kids and I get out there every day. Ooh, that is a good one. Um, I, I just love flowers. And then also, what is a habit that helps you rise? So I have a few morning rituals that I do first thing, and they really help me just to get excited about getting out of bed. And they include like special teas that I drink and cuddling with my toddlers, trying to make sure that I feel like I'm starting the day with control over, you know, intentionality and the pace of my morning. I love that. Yeah. And then what is a song that's helping you come alive? Okay. So this one, some of you might know it. It's like a classic summer song called Sunroof by Nikki Yor. And if you haven't listened to it recently, you should turn it on. It's classic. 
No, I haven't heard it yet, but I'm so glad you're bringing it to my attention. I know you've got some kids that keep you hip and I need I need these people in my life. So thank you for being my person here, Maddie. And then let's just Let's just get into it. I mean, you first brought this up to me when we met um, the zone of genius. I think it's a buzzword that people in the career space have heard about professional development. But let's start at the very beginning. Like if someone's hearing of this for the very first time, what's like that top level that they need to know to be able to track the rest of this kind of conversation? That's a great question. And I have been talking about this with people a lot recently. I think that, you know, those times when we're the happiest or kind of feel like time is passing by and we're oblivious to the passing of time, we're experiencing a kind of flow level. And that flow a lot of times relates to us being like really, really engaged with what we're doing and discovering that, you know, it's bringing together our passions, interests, and, you know, intelligence and just really drawing out all of us. So I would say that, you know, the, the genius zone, we probably can relate to it or we've probably experienced it in various areas of our life. So then the question just becomes, how do you make sure that you're aware of how to cultivate your time and energy so that more and more of it is going into your zone of genius? Yeah. So I was recently talking to a coworker and I said, you know, I was working on something technical and I'm like, Hey, like when I have my own business, I am not going to do this. And because this is not it, it takes my energy away. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of like, no, you just hold on when you're a business owner, you have to do absolutely everything. And I'm like, well, if you work with intentionality and you have this frame of mind, I think there are ways to structure your work that are not taking away from your energy. Like, I just want to talk a little bit more practically, like what does that really look like to not just be having your hands in every little thing in your work, but like living in your zone of genius? Absolutely. I mean, two things come to mind. One of them is that concept um, from a Malcolm Gladwell book, the 10,000 hours that you really need a certain amount of time put into something to become like a true expert in it. So for all of us, like watching Michael Phelps swim, we would obviously say, wow, this is his thing. He's meant for this. And you have to be able to put the time in. So that means that you're going to have to make choices where your time's not getting sucked into the 10 other things that you might need to be doing at that moment. So I don't know if that's a helpful context too, but I think that a lot of people you know, we do feel like our time is being pulled at every single day and, you know, trying to kind of regain that consciousness and that clarity will really energize you. You brought up two things that I wanted to touch on. The book, first of all, what book would you recommend people use to learn more about Zone of Genius? Yeah. So my first discovery of the concept in detail was through The Big Leap which is by Gay Hendricks. And he has a follow-up book because this concept became very popular very quickly. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book called The Genius Zones. And really, I would say that book, you could even start there. Um, and it's just a really powerful explanation. But I know you discovered the concept through you know, a different source too. So there's different ways to really come at it. Oh, yeah. Let's definitely jump into that in just a second. But what I wanted to touch on was you even brought up saying no to things, which I think, especially for women in the workplace, is not really – it doesn't feel comfortable, right? It's like you want to be the person that's like, oh, I'm saving the day. I'm carrying the team. I'm doing everything. I'm going above and beyond. And I just think that's so normal. Like you become the person who is the event planner for our team get togethers and everything. And it's like, well, what does that look like 
to say be saying no? I think for me, it really is just coming back to those, honestly, those first questions that you asked about rising and coming alive. I think if we're really clear on what brings us the most energy and joy and brings us like, and helps us to come alive, then we just need to focus on that. And I think that saying no to someone and really what you're saying is I have to focus in on this other element that, you know, is going to make the world a better place because it's my uh, special, where my special gifts are. So I think even sometimes explaining that to people, you know, it's something that my team and I, we talk about it a lot to stay in our zone of genius and delegate whenever possible and to not feel guilty about that. So maybe as working women, we can all just agree to verbalize some of these things and build a vocabulary that's more freeing for all of us. I think delegating is a really good point. Maybe it's not a no, it's a how about we find the more appropriate person to do this. Right. And then it also made me think about, I have this little terminology I keep in my back pocket where the Plaza Hotel in New York City, which is a very high-end hotel, rather than saying no occupancy, if you call and they do not have a room available, they say, um, we are fully committed. Mm. And so it's a beautiful little phrase to be able to use when someone asks you to do something and you're like, oh, at this time I'm fully committed. And it's just, you know, framing in your own life, like what's important to you. Um, But, you know, maybe you offer them help in another way, such as making a reference to another person. I love that. That's powerful, Lauren. And then I want to take a step back to just go over the framework of the zone of genius. You told me a little bit about this, the different zones and competence, competence, excellence, genius. Um, How can we think about our abilities and our work in those like quadrants? I think that, you know, I actually get asked this a lot. People will say like, is it really realistic to spend my working days or like have a career that really emphasizes my zone of genius? You know, similar to the story that you told earlier, everyone sort of assumes that we are going to have to just spread our time really thin. And there's actually almost like a danger zone that we can fall into. And you can perhaps relate to this in your own life. In I've had many several different career pivots, and there's times when I was succeeding and I was really like you know being praised for what I was doing, but I wasn't fully fulfilled and happy from it. And so to me, that's a sign that there's like a next level that I have to go to. But many people get stuck at that like 80%, you know, you're close and you're using certain skills, but you're not fully there, and you might be getting compensated well, so you can get stuck. And you can start to get really frustrated. So I think this is kind of a roundabout way of talking about, you know, what you're saying is like being a little bit more aware of where you are in the process. And, you know, it takes a ton of self-discovery. I don't think that you can discover your zone of genius fully and understand it and implement it overnight. I think it's something that takes time and takes really supportive uh, friends to help with the framework too, and to help you kind of make sure that you are like, you know, doing the work and getting closer to, to that. I was getting kind of caught up in the like, oh my gosh, but what is the answer part of the zone of genius? Like, how do I know, like, what are those skills? Right. And I really like how you brought up the, like, you're good at this, but it's not really like giving you energy. And so that goes back to like the zone of competence, which then does exactly like you brought up. It pivots into the framework that I've started using in my work to think about my skills and abilities and just prioritize prioritizing my work. And that is um, the working genius. 
genius. Mm. So what I think is really helpful about the working genius, so really similar to Zone of Genius, but it takes it that one step farther where instead of you just like maybe taking two weeks to write down all the activities you're doing and decide if it's taking away energy or giving you energy and just look for those habits and those trends. Mm-hmm. It helps you identify that in more of like an assessment way instead of just having to be so in tune. Because I think exactly what you said, Maddie, of like, these are the things I'm good at, I'm excelling at, people encourage me to do. It could be easy to, you know, accidentally identify that as your zone of genius. But the zone of genius is bigger than that. It's like the thing that absolutely you were born to do. You have this innate ability and yeah, maybe you're good at like a ton of other things, but like, this is the thing that like really does help you come alive. Absolutely. What I loved is, um, it buckets your skills into six different like sets. Um, and then it shows you like what takes away your energy, what you can do for a long time, but like isn't going to give you energy. So eventually you'll burn out if you're living that I'm good at it, but don't love it area. Mm -hmm. And then it gives you then your top two areas of like, this is it. Like if you do this every day, like, yeah, you're like, you're going to be working hard, but it won't burn you out. I think it's important for us to look at real life examples, the people that we know around us who really are like have maybe accidentally or intentionally discovered their zone of genius. And they're generally operating at a different level in a lot of ways. And I'll give the example of my husband. He's an architect and he is so passionate about it. He literally would spend all of his free time, like as much time as possible, studying, looking at like traveling, visiting architecture, talking about architecture. And, you know, to me, that's like an Obviously, it's something that he's been able to really build an amazing career around and use his God-given talents. So I think sometimes we just have to also acknowledge that even if it takes us like a decade or two, we can all get to that point where we really are like living that kind of life where work and play are blended and you honestly just get excited about anything that feels remotely like you know, your zone of genius, whether you're getting paid for it or doing it for free. It reminds me of, so on my way um, back from coffee with a friend this morning, I saw a brand new coffee shop on my street corner and I'm like, okay, let me go check this out. I have two coffees in today. I do not need coffee, but let me just see what the situation is. And I start talking to the barista and we find out we live in the same building and I reach out my hand and I'm like, hi, I'm Lauren. We just became friends. What floor do you live on? And I'm like, I'm adding you to my building slack wow. and I'm telling you the drama and you're going to, you're going to know all the things that go with our building in our neighborhood. Let's, and so did I order a coffee? No, but here I am just like randomly befriending this barista. And I just thought like, I, I ha- got some feedback a few years ago that I'm a natural networker and you're like, yeah, I love connecting people and I just do it without thinking about it. Mm. Like, I'm like, yo, I walked into this random coffee shop and here we are being like, here's the Slack. You got to download it. And I'm, and it's like, well, yeah. So now I'm building a community because it's, it's like your job can be that even if it's not traditional, there's a way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I would honestly love to just turn it back to you right now too and just hear about some different ways that discovering the zone of genius concepts has kind of shaped you know different turning points for you in your career and life I would say 
what's been so helpful is turning that thought, I'm not good at this, into this is out of my zone of genius. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's a pretty disempowering thought to be like, oh, well, this is the thing that I'm crappy at. And for me, a big one of that, I found this through working genius is um, discernment. I don't like making decisions. <laughs> like it, it just like really drains me, like the mm-hmm. process of like weighing options. So if someone asks like, where do you want to go for dinner? Now I can literally just be like, hey, I really don't like making decisions. Like, it's a classic woman thing that I'm sure your husband makes this joke, too, of like, oh, my gosh, why can you never choose? And now I can just, like, own it and be like, I don't like this. Like, you pick. I'll be more than happy to try something new. That's fantastic. And I will say that I'm the decision maker that makes very instantaneous, like, gut instinct decisions all the time. So that's just kind of shows, too, like, I think, you know, if you know that that's a skill set, then, and, you know, if I'm inviting you out to dinner, then I'll just say, look, here's you know, I'll, I'll decide for you. I'll make sure it's something that you love. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I I love what you brought up. I think even when we have spoken about this before too, like you have shared with me, you know, um, kind of working to redefine your role sometimes and even giving, like, I know right now I'm in a little bit newer in a role and I'm really trying to actively define, like you said, not that I have to struggle and push through this is, is it better for someone else on the team to be doing this because they're so good at it and I'm just need to focus elsewhere. Right. So I think even just being in that team context too, many of us work in teams and being able to actually like empower someone else in how we define our own, you know, special, special roles and functions. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. So what was weird for me in my past role that I just wrapped up was the ability to delegate to my manager, Yeah, but it was awesome. And so we would need to do these like manual list uploads for leads and marketing. And it required all these different like kind of codes and filling out information. And it just like, even the thought of doing this process would make me stressed out. Right. And uh, it's like, I, and I never thought like, oh, I'm above data entry. I'm just like, this is so like all these little details of like going through and making sure it matches up. It just makes me very anxious and I don't want to do it. Mm. And so she was more than comfortable doing it It with something she was familiar with. It wasn't vital to my job to know how to do it. So it's not like I needed to like learn it, master it. And what I thought was really interesting is that this is actually in both people's best interest because it saves you time. Mm. Like if I'm going to sit there and agonize over figuring this out when someone else can just jump in with enthusiasm, like that is not something I should be doing if someone else is available and willing. Right. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, for someone else, that's actually a sweet spot for them. They actually would love doing that. Right. So I think that there's just so many different directions this can go, but I do, because I've had an experience with coaching for the past 10 years, I've spoken with a lot of people who are in like kind of life or career transition points. And I think that really probably we should all be asking ourselves more often, you know, am I doing spending more and more of my time in my zone of genius and really working towards that actively? 
Um, even if we're not making a big career change, you know, or one of those moments where you feel like you have to face all these big questions, you know? So what are your thoughts about that? Like in terms of how you can kind of do little habits or move yourself towards that each day? Well, what was coming to mind to me actually, as you're speaking is the fact that it took me quite some time to find my zone of genius. So at the beginning of my career, I was kind of hand, I would produce webinars and I'd be told, this is the subject. These are the speakers. This is the time. This is the format. And so I was just executing on someone else's vision. But when the pandemic happened, it really blew up business as usual, to say the least. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it became like, we don't really know like what's going to get people's attention on a webinar anymore. How do we get eyeballs on this? How do we stand out now that literally everyone is going to virtual events? Mm -hmm. And it was like, hey, Lauren, like, what are your thoughts? And out comes like a million ideas, brand new series, new tech. Hmm. I'm like taking the lead. I'm like, here are subjects, here are speakers. And it's like, I had just never had that opportunity. Hmm. So it got to the point where my boss would be like, hey, this isn't even what you do, but can you be on this call? Because you're really good at coming up with ideas. And yeah, lo and behold, through Working Genius, I found out and it confirmed one of my zone of geniuses is invention. So like I am the person you call when you want to brainstorm. Um, And so I just think like it's important to remember too, even what you're doing today, Mm -hmm. you might not be able to identify it without, you know, just kind of getting a little farther in your career, trying new things. So if something's interesting to you and you want to give it a shot, like you said, making your own role at work, maybe raise your hand and just see because you never know where that's going to lead. I love that. That's so powerful. And I think it speaks a lot to really what our generation is doing right now, you know, in the terms of how we're showing up, whether we're starting businesses of our own or just showing up to work with a different attitude because we really want to be changed makers, I think, and not just be like cogs in the wheel. So I love that. And I think that it's very timely. I absolutely love, we've had so many good conversations coming out of this, you know, when we first started brainstorming and, and what about, and what do you think, you know, for everyone listening in too, um, you know, we do have some exciting things coming up. Maybe you could share with them what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So of course, when you get two people together who love helping people rise and come alive, they brainstorm. And our little brainchild is a session to learn about the zone of genius and just either kind of get unstuck or from your current role and maybe looking for a new role, or like we talked about, you're in the role, but trying to think about how do I level up? How do I tap into those like true talents that I have? And I think I'm super excited to share this with you and the community. Absolutely. That's so amazing. And I think what you said is powerful too, because the community element really is what inspires us and takes us to the next level. You know, we can be thinking about these things in a box, or we can be connecting and getting feedback from people in real time about, you know, seeing us and saying, oh, you're right. You know, this is really a powerful area for you to focus in. Yeah. I think also anytime I've ever done professional development, that investment just 
pays for itself in dividends. Uh, don't mean to be making a financial pun with you here, Maddie. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, like I, I think you're, you're, we talked about this, your firm has a, a policy, even though it's a financial investment firm to invest in yourself first. And it's like, what, like that, that's it. Like you are your greatest asset. Totally. And it is something that I think that once you kind of get this concept in your brain, even just from listening to us, it's hard to get it out of the ear. It's, you know, it's in there and then it's just going to start kind of teasing at you and you'll start asking yourself in the middle of your day, like, huh, I wonder why the hours are flying by right now and I'm happy and I'm content. You know, the other day I was doing a hobby that is, you know, very enjoyable for me, not my true zone of genius. And after like about, you know, a bunch of hours put into it, I walked away and was like, I need to focus my time elsewhere. Yes, I'm enjoying myself, but I also know this is not where I should be focusing to. So I think just kind of living with this and then, you know, coming back to connect with us again, you know, hopefully later this summer um, and asking yourself more questions and, and, teasing this out is going to be really powerful for for everyone. Absolutely. For anyone who's interested in learning more about that, definitely go to the link in the description and sign up for the email list so we can send more information. I'm on Instagram at Rise and Come Alive. You're on Instagram at... Maddie Pidel. We'll link that in the description as well. And I think one more little note I want to add about that is like the thing that I've loved is once I invest in myself, I get to watch that move throughout my network as well. Like that, it's like the gift that keeps on giving truly not to be corny, but like you sit in a conversation with your friend who's like, oh, like, yeah, I'm doing this at work. And it's just like, I I hate it. I'm like not feeling the growth. Mm -hmm. And to be able to like have this insight that you can provide even like a tidbit, it's just so cool how that will like keep, you know, generating goodness. (laughs) That is so true and so powerful. And I think we've all walked friends through career changes or walked ourselves through career pivots. And I do think, you know, you're right. Like that context is so important for our, for everyone who's, you know, looking to make a big impact right now. All right. So you, me, whoever's listening out there and is ready to do it with us, sign up for that email list and uh, we're going to have to chat real soon. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lauren. Well, fancy seeing you here. I love your dedication to listening to every second. So I've got an insider tip for you. Sign up for the email list with the link in the description and subscribe to Rise and Come Alive today. I'll drop surprise episodes and you will be the first to know. My way to say thank you.